Have you, have you uh, had God work in your life in a powerful way? Have you had God just work in an incredible way that way? I know there are people here who can give testimony of that. Um, sharing a testimony like that can be encouraging to others in their spiritual growth. And I, I wonder, I'm just going to take a moment, didn't prompt anybody. Is there anyone here today that would like to give just a word of testimony of how God is uh, working in your life? in a powerful way. I'll just give a moment. Good. Thank you, Julie. Those who are online streaming, sorry, we don't have a microphone for you, but uh, Julie Durkup was basically sharing about how important prayer is and the uh, sweet time she has in prayer with the Lord. So, well, those who are online, if you didn't hear, Claire stood up and she shared about how she's just uh, thankful being here and her friend of 70 years, Renee, is here with her. So it's good to have them both here. Thanks for sharing, Claire. Thank you. Well, I don't... Oh, Tyson, hi. I see that hand. <laughs> Thank you, Tyson, for sharing. Tyson shared, those who are online, Tyson shared about just the fact that God is kind of speaking to his heart about life is short <laughs> and uh, to be responsible of what he has, what God has given him. And uh, so, yeah, the testimony of sometimes those moments of funerals and memorial services open our eyes up to uh, what God has for us, definitely. Very good. Well, I normally don't share testimony uh, uh, for other people, but there's also others as well, too, that we know of that uh, God is working in their lives. Oh, uh, that actually needs to go that way. It, did it come up this way? Yeah, there you go. Needs to go back. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Rod was back there going, <laughs> so what? Is someone else raising their hand? I don't see. Anyway. But there are a couple other people, too, that you know of as well. Some of you uh, know one person, the one person quite well, Mark Miller. Um, he is one that uh, is very faithful in prayer, Join, comes to the prayer group every Thursday and as much as he can. But he also, too, he's caring for his wife, Betty, who's over at the uh, care facility there, and uh, they're caring for her. But uh, um, just that his testimony that he gave in the last week or so is that it just has a, he has a sweet... Um, communion with God now. At home, he's all alone, and there's quietness, and he says, yeah, I just talk to God out loud. I'm there, and, just, <laughs> and when I usually have the TV on when I'm doing stuff, and I said, do you, you talk back to the TV? He said, only when the news is on. <laughs> but he says that he's grown so much in his faith, and that the steps that, that, that God is having him take is just incredible, and he's just so blessed even in the situation that he is with his wife, Betty, not being with him there. and It's very tough, but uh, he's just, his testimony is that God is so good and teaching him so many things, using him in so many different ways, too, in the neighborhood where he walks. He just uh, has a countenance about him that just uh, lets people know that uh, Jesus is Lord, and there's joy, and people um, take notice about that. Another person you're probably not very well aware of, but uh, some of you are, M. Aitken. She used to attend our church, and uh, she's usually at home. And uh, she is a ferocious reader of A.W. Tozer and R.C. Sproul. She just soaks those things up, and it's just theology, and she loves it. And she says, she's always given testimony to me that she's just learning so many things about God and her relationship with Jesus, and she's looking for opportunities to be able to share that with others as well, too. And God has given her some of those moments 
but uh, she's another person too that has just been drawn so close in a relationship with God through these books and readings and communion like that. And she also spends time joining us online every now and then. She looks at it and follows it afterwards, but uh, as far as doing that, so hi, Em, and uh, thank you. Thank you for, for uh, your thirst for God. But uh, there are people in our midst that there are signs of, of spiritual growth everywhere. And when we take notice of that and we hear testimony how God is working in people's lives, it kind of motivates us, inspires us as well too, and helps us realize that God is working. God is on the move and we need to follow closely. Last Sunday, we began a new four-week series called Rooted. The agricultural imagery is strong with this series and we'll be take, uh, talking a, a lot about uh, seeds and soil and, and growth and all those things. Last Sunday, we, we talked about planting the seed. And uh, after a seed is planted, what do you expect should happen next? It should grow, right, it should grow. You should see something coming out of the ground. And uh, we expect that seed to grow, and ultimately we all want the seed to grow and bear tons of delicious fruit, no matter what, it, you know, whatever kind of plant that might be. Floral fruit, as far as we see some some beautiful colors. We have our potted plant here. Yes, I know it's not alive, but <laughs> it represents uh, what we're going through here in this series together. But there's a lot of necessary things for a plant to grow uh, properly. Of course, the seed has to be a good seed. Uh, there have been times we've... Remember Burgerville did a, a thing, I think it was for the kids, had seeds and the little stuff in there, in, I think the kids' meal or whatever. So I remember that because I would always get a kids' meal for my mom when, when I'd drop by Burgerville and bring it over to her and we'd have lunch together. Well, I collected those seed packages because we didn't use them a lot. And so I collected all the seed packages. Well, you know, if you keep seed packages for too long, <laughs> the seeds don't work very well. <laughs> so anyway, you got to have good seed and use that seed properly. And then, of course, you have to have the soil that is properly um, cultivated and mixed with the right nutrients. You can't have rock-hard soil. You can't have swampy soil either. It's got to be just properly cared for. And then, of course, watering it. You have to make sure you water those things. Uh, we have a bunch of hydrangeas in our, uh, at our house outside in the backyard and the front yard. And we can tell when uh, the weather gets a little warm and uh, the ground hasn't been watered for very often. <laughs> those things just start to wilt. But uh, you have to properly water the plant and, and give it enough water. Not too much. Not, you know, make sure it's the right amount. And then, of course, sunlight. Sunlight is a proper thing as well, too, to allow a, um, a plant to grow um, in, the, in the correct way and, and abundantly. But from the seed to the soil to the water to, to the sunlight, there are numerous elements necessary for a seed to grow into a plant. And we talked last Sunday about how seeds need a healthy soil to grow. And this Sunday, we're going to talk about growing. Growing the other necessary elements of, of growth in, in, a, in a believer's life. To bring the seed of the Word to full fruit, bearing maturity. And the growth of a Christian is complex. It involves many elements of, of change, like uh, God's Word fellowship with one another, personal prayer and worship, of course. These things are all very important 
but the only, they only serve to set up a fertile soil in a Christian's heart. And the growth uh, comes basically and only from God. God gives the growth and His exclusive work in our lives in that way. And this is similar to the part a farmer plays in growing a crop. He tills the soil, he plants the seed, he waters the seed, but God is the one who causes the growth. And when we do what we can do to create an environment for growth, then God's work in our lives can take root. It isn't our responsibility to grow ourselves. That's God's job. We are responsible to cultivate a heart and life that is conducive for growth. So we're going to look at uh, uh, the necessary elements of growth through the lens of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You can turn there if you'd like. It's going to be behind me on the screen as well, too. And the verses 5 through 9 we're going to look at here real quickly. I'll read through those, and then we'll back up and take sections at a time here and look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with the verse 5. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So it's important to remember today that it is, that it is God who makes things grow. The seed matters, the soil matters, the water matters, the sunlight matters, but ultimately the master architect of growth, the master gardener, directs the elements of growth. So today I want to share some insights to spiritual growth as seen through this lens of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, along with a couple other portions of Scripture we're going to use as well too. But first of all, in verses 5 and 6 that were just read here, we see that spiritual growth is not growth by human hands. Spiritual growth is not growth by human hands. Um, verses 5 and 6, after all, uh, uh, well, what after all is Apollos, and what is Paul, only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Now throughout 1 Corinthians, we see the early church kind of fighting and quarreling about many different aspects of faith. In fact, it was such a problem that the Apostle Paul addressed it through the first and second letter to Corinthians, to those Corinthians. And one of the specific arguments was over which leaders they were to follow. They must have, they must have felt that one was greater and more productive than the other. I follow Paulus. I follow Paul. But you see, Paul planted the seed of the good news in people's hearts. He was a missionary pioneer. He brought the message of salvation. Apollos watered the seed. He helped the believers grow stronger in their faith, and Paul founded the church in Corinth, and Apollos built on that foundation. And tragically, the believers in Corinth had, has, had split into factions, pledging loyalty to different teachers. And Paul clearly states that he and Apollos are simply servants of God, and that the fighting needed to stop because spiritual growth was not a result of humans' work. It is God who makes things grow. God is the one. So this commentary in Paul's letter was intended to free the readers from unnecessary comparison 
and to focus on God's work in their lives. It didn't matter who was teaching them, didn't matter who was leading them. They're leading them in the Lord and using Scripture and following God's law in and, and, and that way. Then look at how God is growing you. It can come from various people, various leaders. You know, unfortunately, though, we continue to argue today about what is the best path for growth. Which Christian speaker is best to listen to? Which church is most impactful? And on and on it goes. But according to Paul, these things all have a place. But ultimately, the growth is up to God. Another insight found in this portion of Scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is that we are God's field. We are God's field. Verses 7 through 9, So neither the one who plants nor he who waters anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So it's good to know that God is interested in our growth. He sees each human heart as a field ready to bear fruit, and that's the expectation. Verse 9 states that we are God's co-workers in growth. See, God's, God's work involves many different individuals with a variety of gifts and abilities. You're not just going to get me from the pulpit uh, bring you God's truth. You're going to get Mike during Sunday school. You're going to get other Bible studies that you attend to, and you're going to hear from other sources. You're going to read A.W. Tozer or R.C. Sproul. You're going to hear a lot of other Christian leaders speak into your life, and that is okay. We need to hear from various people and, and try to be guided by God through those people, growing in your relationship with Him. There are no superstars in this task. There are only team members performing their own special roles. Here in our church body, our church family, the same thing is, it happens. Each person does their thing as God has gifted them and equipped them. And as that happens, we all learn and we move forward together. We become useful members of God's team by setting aside our, our desires to receive glory for what we do. We shouldn't seek the praise that comes from people. Instead, we should seek approval from God. And there are other practical ways we can aid God in His work as co-workers with Him. We can act with wisdom and immerse ourselves in the community with others who love Jesus and are growing themselves. And that's why it's so important to be here like today. It's so important to be uh, gathering together and learning about God, learning about your relationship with Him and, and, and how you can grow in that relationship. We can dedicate ourselves to reading God's Word and spending time with Him in prayer. So important. Because you're not going to just, you're not going to get that just here for an hour or a Sunday. <laughs> you need to spend time on your own in your own devotions, whether it's in the morning or the night or whatever time you set aside to be able to do that, reading God's Word and being in prayer. As Julie mentioned, prayer is so important. We can regularly worship Jesus with our lives. So not just here on a Sunday morning, but then when we leave from here, how are you worshiping Jesus with your life? Mark Miller walking, doing his walk around the neighborhood, and people just see Jesus in him because of the joy that comes out. How are you worshiping Jesus with your life? What are you allowing him to do through you to reach others with your life? And we can constantly evaluate our lives, too. That's another thing. Evaluating our lives 
on a regular basis and repenting of our sin. Because when you evaluate your life, you allow the Holy Spirit to just basically go through your life and, and, and see if there's any offensive way in you. And then allow the Holy Spirit to tap you on the shoulder and say, you know what? There's something here that needs, needs to be taken care of. And so you need to give that to God. You need to give this over. And that's when we come to God and we repent. And we say, yes, you are right. I need, to take, I need this to be taken care of. I can't do it on my own. You need to do this. And so when we do that on a regular basis, allowing the Holy Spirit to take inventory, spiritual inventory of our lives, and then we're, we're on the road of a spiritual growth as well too. But we can evaluate our, ourselves based upon the commandments and the instructions of Christ found in the Gospels. There's all the teachings that we can see in, in God's Word to be able to be guided by that. And when you spend your time reading God's Word and you come across a portion of Scripture that just hits you between the eyes, then praise the Lord for that because God wants you to grow. God wants you to fix some things that are in your life. and He wants, he wants to be able to do that for you and take care of those things. We are God's field. Another insight into spiritual growth here is, uh, is that in God's field, growth is not an option. <laughs> growth is not an option. The first two verses, we didn't read those together, but the, you know, the expectation is that we, we, we would grow and mature in the faith. To be stagnant is not an option. Paul makes a comparison in the first two verses here between milk, which is for infants, and solid food, which is for the mature. Verse 1, he says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Wow. What a commentary. But in this passage, Paul clearly communicates that each person starts as an infant in the faith, but is expected to become a mature follower of God. Some Christians are comfortable with their current relationship with God. They remember their, their time. They met Jesus, and they received Him as Savior, and they're still living back there. <laughs> but not, not much else has happened since then. Where's, where's the growth? What's going on? And those who might feel comfortable in their current relationship with God they may overlook the immaturity that's in their life. They may even overlook the sin that is so prevalent that God needs to take care of in their life. This shouldn't be. It's our responsibility to take the necessary steps in our lives and also others' lives to be the agents of change God intends us to be, to encourage one another to grow in Christ. As a youth pastor... I can say back in the day now. <laughs> when I was a youth pastor a while ago um, at Labish Center, one of our sister churches down in Salem, it was a blessing to be used by God in the young people's lives, be able to bring them on activities and have fun with them, but also to share Bible studies with them and see how God was working in their lives and revealing God's Word to them and seeing the aha moment as they, they realized, wow, this is incredible. I need to act upon this. Uh, helping them uh, grow in their faith through other ministries like Bible quizzing ministries. And of course, we've had that here. Children's Bible quizzing as well as youth quizzing. 
and to see how God's Word got into their lives as they memorized Scripture and they went to Bible quiz tournaments and they were able to recite that Scripture back or they were able to answer the questions that were coming up because they studied Scripture. And funny thing, it stayed with them after the quiz tournaments. They're, they're remembering Scripture afterwards. And that Scripture came back and continued to guide them. It was, it was basically me being able to plant the seed in their lives. And, and the thing about it is that some of them, I was only able to plant seed. I wasn't there, able to, I wasn't there to be able to harvest that or to see how God was going to grow that. Of course, uh, moving on from there to come to here as a senior pastor. Uh, Josh Adams, you might know him as well, too, in our, our conference. He pastors over at the Fruitland Church. And he was in our youth group as well at one time. Then uh, when he grew older and was able to uh, uh, get in ministry, he took over the youth ministry position there at Labish Center. He was able to water the seed that was planted in those youth's lives and continue on ministry in that way. It, it was just encouraging to see how God was continuing to work in those young people's lives. And then later on to see how God is just working their lives and those young people's lives later on through Facebook or Instagram, seeing how their lives are going on. Um, I was able to baptize some, some of them. I was able to marry, uh, do the weddings of some of them as well too. And uh, it's just so encouraging to see how God was continuing to work in their lives and how they were growing in the Lord. There have been many people too that have helped me in my walk with the Lord. Of course, Greg Koskella, who brought me to the Lord in, uh, in high school, actually, when I was a senior, uh, the summer of my, after my senior year, actually. Um, graduated from Clackamas High School in 86, and then uh, able to go to the camp and find Jesus there. He found me <laughs> and received Jesus as my Savior back then. And then, sure, he planted the seed. Greg planted that seed there. There's others who watered it. John Strutz, another person in our, our uh, conference, and he was a youth pastor over at Valley View Evangelical Church at that time. Uh, he's going to be retiring here real soon, too, by the way, which is just bizarre. But John Strutz, he watered that seed and helped me uh, grow in, as, as a Christian as well, too. And then in ministry... Um, being at Labish Center and Mark Perkey, Marlene's son, helped me as he watered, he watered the seed even further in ministry and, and taught me what it, was, what it was like to be a, a, a pastor and to be in pastoral ministry, to care for people. And so that seed that was planted just continued to be watered and growing in the Lord. And the thing is that God gave the increase. God, God grew that seed. People came along and they... They were used by God. And you have people in your life that has done that. People who planted the seed of faith in your life. People who watered that seed. People who continued to cultivate your spiritual growth and help you grow in the Lord. But God was the one who gave the increase. God was the one who gave the growth in your life. But see, after 37 years of being a Jesus follower, it wouldn't be normal for me to still be an infant in Christ. <laughs> a 37-year-old baby isn't a pretty sight. <laughs> and now that I have reached, uh, well, <laughs> not, not, I haven't reached full maturity, but what I am doing is learning more about Jesus and growing in my relationship with Him. 
I should be able to look back and see the growth that has happened in my spiritual life. Growth is not an option. (laughs) Another insight into spiritual growth is that growth needs the right environment. Growth needs the right environment. It almost goes without saying that spiritual growth, like natural growth, needs the right environment. It would be crazy to think that an apple tree could grow in the middle of the Sahara Desert, where the, where the right elements are not there to help encourage growth. <laughs> There's plenty of sunshine, <laughs> but the right elements aren't there. In the same way, it's equally as crazy for believers to think that they can have healthy and fruitful lives as disciples of Jesus if they are constantly immersed in environments of sin and evil where the divine elements of change are not present. If we surround ourselves with those types of things, we shouldn't expect to be growing. Growth needs the right environment. Let's consider the way Paul presents this idea. It's in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It will be on the screen behind, behind me. A, a, a portion of Scripture that actually Valley View Evangelical Church's youth group, when I was in the youth group ministry, that was their verse. Those were their verses. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So Paul is essentially saying, do the things that you were doing when the gospel seed was first planted in you. Keep on doing those things. Receiving Christ as Lord of your life is the beginning of life with Christ. But you must continue to follow His leadership by being rooted, being built up and strengthened in the faith. Continue living in Him. Root yourself in Christ by being devoted to the Word, by being devoted to the fellowship of believers, and being devoted to prayer and worship. Continue to be strengthened by your commitments and overflow with gratitude and thankfulness. It's pretty hard to remain in a stagnant place when you're overflowing with thankfulness for all that God has done in your life. And maybe that's one step that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. How is your gratitude? But Paul mentions that we should continue to live in Jesus, continue to live in Him. You can do that by committing your life and submitting your will to Him, committing and submitting, doing that on a daily basis, the Romans 12 thing, offering yourselves as living sacrifices. We can also continue to live in Jesus by seeking to learn from Him, Learn from his life, learn from his teachings. In order to do that, you got to read his word and be able to be taught by him in that way. We can also, too, continue to live in Jesus by recognizing the Holy Spirit's power in you. You know what? I think that's one thing that we probably forget to do. Realize the Holy Spirit's power is in you and can guide you into all truth, help you through the different situations you're going through. Let's be willing to evaluate, though, and and scrutinize the environments in which we're trying to grow. And let's be honest about the things in our lives that aren't conducive to healthy growth. So growth needs the right environment. One last insight for us today in our spiritual growth is to recognize adversity as an opportunity for growth. 
Anybody going through adversities these days? It can be hard to differentiate unhealthy times and situations from seasons of adversity that God may be using to grow, grow us. And we'll talk more about that actually next week. But in light of today's teaching on growth, it's important to recognize that seasons of adversity can promote healthy growth. The book of James says it wonderfully in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It is so important, so important to be prayerful through adversity. As you go through difficult times, <laughs> prayer is going to be the key for you to connect with God. Also, look for counsel from more mature believers in discerning adversity from the unhealthy situations. Why is this happening? Is it because of what you're allowing in your life? Or is this just a situation you cannot control and God's going to bring you through it? Look for counsel. And maybe most importantly, <laughs> be humble. Be humble. Be humble enough to ask for help when you need it. Because too many times our pride gets in the way of getting the help we need. Oh, I can do this. It's not that bad. It's a difficult thing. Oh, you don't want to hear it. it, it I don't want to bother you with the situation. All those things come out, right? Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've said it. Be humble enough to ask for help when you need it. And we all have seasons of adversity, and we all need a little help from time to time. That doesn't make you weak. It just makes you human. <laughs> you are human, right? <laughs> we really can't know the depth of our character, though, until we see how we react under pressure when those adversities come. It's easy to be kind to others when everything is going well, but can you still be kind when others are treating you unfairly? When you're not getting the fair, fair deal of all this. God wants to make us mature and complete, not to keep us from all pain. So instead of complaining about our struggles, we should see them as opportunities for growth. And asking for help is not complaining about your struggles, by the way. Thank God for promising to be with you in rough times. Ask Him to help. Ask Jesus to help you. Help you solve your problems or to give you the strength to endure them. Jesus is with us through all the difficulties that we have. He will never forsake you in that. You might feel alone, but He's with you. And since He's with you, you might as well ask Him to help out. And then, probably the most difficult thing, be patient. You know, when you go through adversity, you, you, you're just not patient. You want it to end. Nobody likes to have pain last. I know with my shoulder and neck issues that were going on, I was like, Lord, please take this away. Wow, this hurts. I wasn't like, woo, this is great. Thank you for the pain. Oh, yeah, that, that feels awful. I think I'll be here for a while because this is wonderful. Nobody likes to be in pain for a long time. They want it to stop. That's why you have Tylenol and all those other things that remove the pain. But you know, you need to be patient. 
You need to be patient in adversity. God won't leave you alone with your problems. He will stay close and He will help you grow. But patience is a key thing in this because sometimes it's that next moment, that extra moment that then finally God gets your attention or finally reveals to you what you need to be learning. Don't be so fast to go through the adversity. Be quick to trust God and cling to Him, though. (laughs) But be patient. You will come through trials and adversity, a stronger and more mature believer, and that is positive kingdom growth. Now, you might not be where you want to be right now, but by the grace of God, you aren't where you used to be either. Trust the process of growth. You're God's field, and it is God who will work through the elements of transformation to bring about growth in you. Remember what Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Remember that. Your life can change. You can grow. No matter what your situation is, with the right conditions, God's work can be effective in you and through you you. So cultivate the soil in in your heart by evaluating the environment you find yourself in. If something needs to change so that God can grow you, then you need to make a conscious choice to change it. Go to God and say, this isn't healthy for me. I, I, I realize that now. Can you help me get out of this situation? Can you help me be courageous enough to take the steps to get out of this? Ask God to grow you and give you the courage to embrace the growth as it comes. Sometimes growth is painful, but you still need to embrace the growth that happens. Let God's work work in you and through you. And embrace those opportunities to be a healthy part of another person's spiritual growth process. Maybe God's wanting to use you in someone else's life. Keep your eyes open for that. Keep on meeting with other followers of Jesus. Keep on singing. Keep on, keep on praying. And keep pressing on. <laughs> the journey is a long one. But the eternal destination is so worth it. <laughs> so worth it. Let's pray. Lord, I know you desire to see us grow. I know that who we are now isn't who we once were. And who we will be isn't who we are now. So, Lord, help us to recognize the areas of our lives that need to be rearranged to create that environment of growth. And, Lord, please give us the conviction to make the changes so that you can have full reign in our lives. And help us, Lord, to grow these are the people you, you want us to be. And I pray, Lord, that if there's someone here today that needs to take care of some business with you right now, that they'd spend that time in prayer with you and that everything else around them would just kind of fade away so that it's just you and that person. And Lord, that you would just meet the need that is right there right now. Lord, we come to you and we just pray that you'd help us.
whatever situation we find ourselves in. Help us to grow in you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.